0: AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. 37. Here's love, pressure, back foot throw, End zone. Well, Jerry Jones is looking around that suite for some answers and right now they don't have any. CeeDee Lamb only has one catch on four targets. Second and two here though. Here's Prescott over the middle. It's going to be picked off and no one in front of him. Darnell Savage. Touchdown.
1: We've got a third and eight.
0: Josh steps up and he's going to get the first down. Oh, and there he goes! No one's gonna get him! Incredible! Breaks it for the touchdown. 52 yards. Unbelievable, Josh Allen. One, eight, 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 eight.
1: Second and nine. Across the middle.
0: Sherfield sure, was knocked down. Shakir knocked down inside the ten. Oh, what an effort! The play of the night. Shakir broke away from all people. Mika Fitzpatrick
1: and the big run to set this up. And what could be the final play of this first quarter? Fake the pitch. Find Collins. Got good blocking. Collins has the corner and he finds
0: it. Touchdown, Houston! What a response! you seen too much Isaiah oh, Pacheco oh early on. The 11. Mahomes running
1: across. Race brings it into the end zone down Kansas City what an opening drive second and nine for Jared Goff the Lions three and five Goss gonna throw and it's caught by
0: St. Brown for a first down timeout Rams One fifty-two to go game is not over yet but it's very very close
1: they're not out of this game but they've got to start having some answers on the offensive side of the ball.
0: Second and four. Here's another broken tackle. This is the
1: rookie, Trey Palmer, and he is gone. Touchdown,
0: Buccaneers. Bradbury missed the tackle, and Trey Palmer did the rest. 14 assists off the bench. And for T.J. McConnell, that's a season high. Murray will dunk.
1: People, you can make of that what you
0: want. Fafita making touchdown passes, an easy one. They're going federal right now on the Sun Devils. This guy's like 7 Eleven open all day 24 7 dial 602 260 1060 that's 602 260 1060 or tweet the show at kdus am 1060 and now here's your sports zone guide bob kemp on kdus am 1060 Welcome to the Tuesday, January 16th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis in today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUSAM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. The Cowboys should they move on from Mike McCarthy? The Ravens should they be concerned about the Bills? More NFL? What or who stood out from the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend? The Suns should they add a point guard? U of A football, does it matter? Uh, Excuse me, actually, let's rephrase that. Does it return to being a non-factor with Jed Fish out and Brian Brennan, now the new U of A head football coach? And what else caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday most weeks, Tuesday through Friday this week, because we took yesterday off on MLK Day. Uh, In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. 10:15 10:15 NFL Super Wild Card analysis, and maybe a little more at the end with Eric Edholm from NFL Media. 10:30, will be interactive action at 602, 260, 1060, and also today's bottom line, including, uh, and we'll have time pending. We'll have a little local roundup at the bottom of the hour, also, and then the final segment of today's one-hour radio extravaganza. We'll have the national roundup, topped by the latest line for the NFL divisional playoff round. On to the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with a KDUS poll question at kdus1060.com. Today's question is, should the Cowboys move on from Mike McCarthy? And uh, Corey is here and has the early returns. So far, 100% on yes, KDUS1060.com. I think those people are 100% wrong. <laughs> okay, the uh, Cowboys had won 16 consecutive home games before they trailed at one point by 32 during the embarrassing 48-32 Saturday loss to the inexperienced Packers. Uh, the latest uh, Dallas playoff embarrassment also leaves uh, some wondering whether Dak Prescott should join McCarthy out the door. Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question or X poll question: uh, Should the AFC top seed Ravens be concerned about the hot second seed Bills? And Corey, what do we have here? Much closer here. Yes, barely in the lead, fifty-five percent. No, at forty-five percent. KDUSAM ten sixty on X. The Ravens had won six straight before they rested many key starters, including Lamar Jackson in that regular season finale loss against the Steelers. The Bills, after beating the Steelers in the Super Wild Card round, have now won seven straight. Meanwhile, uh, the other weekend winners were the Texans, the Chiefs, Lions, and Buccaneers. What or who most stood out to you during the Super Wild Card round? Meanwhile, on the local front, the Suns need a point guard, but they're not looking to add a point guard. According to NBA insider Chris Haynes, the trade deadline is the first week of February. Should the Suns add a point guard before the trade deadline? My prediction is this will not be the last time we ask this question before the trade deadline. Meanwhile, the UVA football team has a new head coach. Dredd Fish, after not getting paid by the financially short university, uh, was hired by the University of Washington. They do not have such financial hardships as the U of A. Uh, the U of A this morning replaced Fish with Brett Brennan, most recently with San Jose State, reportedly a five-year contract. Does the University of Arizona football program return to being a non-factor after the uh, departure of Jed Fish and the hiring of one Brian Brennan. Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? All right, that's the pipeline for the day with all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion categories, whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show, or however we're supposed to phrase this now, at KDUSAM1060, or x.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. Uh, If you violate those rules, or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. (laughs) Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by NFL weekend playoff analysis and maybe some Bill Belichick talk. Uh, Eric Edholm scheduled to join us from NFL Media. Once again, at the bottom of the hour, phone call time, general discussion, 602-260-1060 plus the bottom line uh, and uh, time pending some local roundup, depending on phone call volume. Your are listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD 2 100.7. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD two one hundred point seven. Your home to Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from seven to ten a.m. The NFL Super Wild Card Round and lacked the fourth quarter drama, but uh, the results leave us with plenty of questions. Out to the uh, KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the Sports Zone by Eric Edholm of NFL Media, and Eric, let's start with a happy story. The Lions are going to play a second home playoff game. Everybody gets to talk about Dan Campbell, who's obviously done a great job. But I want to ask you about general manager Brad Holmes. What has most impressed you about how he has built this organization?
1: Well, yeah, I think Brad did a did a really uh, interesting thing with the Jared Goff trade. You know, that was viewed as a salary dump at the time by the Rams. Um, and I think people watching from, from afar thought, okay, well, they'll have Goff as the bridge quarterback for a year or two. You know they're gonna take on his salary and and they get the first round picks and you know that's the only reason they made the trade but you know i I know Brad a little and I knew him when he was with the Rams prior to that as uh less needs uh sort of consigliere, if you will his right hand man and a lot of uh, a lot of big deals they made to build a super Bowl team there um you know I, I he shut that down and said no we we think Jared can play in this league and you know do maybe some things that he didn't do in LA. And so that's all come to fruition. In addition to getting the draft capital and they've used their picks extremely well the last uh, three, four years, you know, you also get a starting quarterback who's one of the, you know, four NFC QBs still standing. One of those guys is going to start in the Super Bowl. Why, why couldn't it be golf? Right. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's certainly possible, especially with Dallas dropping and, you, know, you never know how these things are going to shake out. But, yeah, it's it's been a, a, a strong roster-building process that started with the quarterback. But if you look back, obviously, Penn A. Sewell's first pick and a lot of the other choices were infrastructure picks, offensive, defensive line, secondary, things like that
0: the Rams you mentioned the Rams how long can Matthew Stafford play like he did a lot of this season and on Sunday on Sunday night when they uh you know it wasn't his fault they lost obviously that he was still good in that game
1: yeah oh I I think a lot of people who were probably there spent good money and waited a long time to watch that game were quietly fearing the worst when he especially on that that second what ended up being a field goal drive uh uh, you know, was he going to take the lead? Also, if Goff doesn't get a first down and McVeigh doesn't use timeouts, basically saying like we, we, we think we're going to stop you on these next two plays, Stafford gets the ball back at home with a chance to win it, and just you know, open heart surgery on every single person in that place. So, <laughs> yeah, it certainly was lining up that way. It looked great, um, but but Goff and the and the Lions had just enough at the end. I mean, as far as Stafford's future, look, he's, what, 35 now? He's going to be 36, I think, next year, if I'm I'm not mistaken. Injuries have been a major part of his story, certainly in 2022. Uh, This season, he missed a couple games as well. You know, the Rams did a really good thing in in rebuilding their offensive line. I think that was really an underrated part of their success this season, Uh, drafting Steve Avila, uh, you know, bringing Kevin Dotson over. And, you know, that kind of helped glue that group together that was a problem previously. So, you know, if they can keep that group together, McVeigh continues on as play caller. You know, they're obviously going to have a lot of weapons. I think he can have at least one more great season, if not multiple great seasons. But you do worry about the, you know, the unknown or the unexpected injury situation cropping up.
0: Cowboys and the Eagles, uh, they're done. Which organization between those two has more questions to answer over the next few months or days? Man,
1: <laughs> I, it's a tough call. I I I don't know how these owners are going to react. You know, we think about Jeffrey Lurie in Philadelphia and and they've had some um some moves that have shocked people obviously, like the, you know, the Chip Kelly thing and um, other, other head coaching decisions they've made firing Andy Reid, That was you know very controversial, even though it felt like the time had come. And I don't know if they're going to make a change. I don't know if this is more about Nick Sirianni being put on watch and, and being asked to fire his entire defensive staff. I don't know what they do. I, I, I think there will be a reaction. I don't know if it's going to be quite as drastic as what ends up happening in Dallas, but you know, even there, you know, we've, haven't heard about it yet and Jerry seemed to be shocked. I mean just just yeah completely caught off guard that his defense would get wrecked the way it did that that Dak Prescott would look as unsure as he did after a, a really strong regular season. I mean I felt like Dak's poise and confidence were were big big positives this season after you know an interception uh laden in season in 22. So it's really hard to know. I I feel like it's hard to judge a guy off one game because the results in the regular season have been very good. But if you've consistently seen a team that struggles to win in the postseason, they did win at Tampa last year, but, you know, it was a fading Bucks team under five hundred. Tom Brady on his last leg. I mean, I don't know. Big picture, there's, there's some pros for sure. But, you know, Jerry wants a ring, and he badly – wants it after all this, these years that he's gone without one. So, I, I I mean, if you just look at it in terms of what the reactions are going to be, I suspect Dallas might be a little stronger. But, you know, Philly isn't going to be afraid to shake things up after what, what was a incredibly disappointing final six, seven games.
0: Does Dak and I think, several of his teammates, do they have like a postseason DNA issue here? You mean in terms of just like whether they have that clutch gene or not? I
1: mean, I think, Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been Yeah, it's I don't know. That's that's a tough one for me to suggest like, "Oh, Jack Prescott just can't get it on the clutch." I don't think I can go quite that far. I I think if if I mean, they they were just outclassed in that game and it was stunning how kind of unprepared they looked you know, and Dan Quinn's done a great job adjusting defensively this season. I mean, they've had games where they've given up some yards, no doubt. Look at the San Francisco game. Look at the Seattle game. Look at other games along the way where, you know, they weren't as tight defensively as I thought they would be coming into the season. But you know, I just ultimately that that has to reflect poorly on the coaching job there. I just don't know if they were expecting something different from Green Bay or what, but and Green Bay seemed to be pretty dialed in on what the Cowboys were going to do offensively, and they had all kinds of, you know, looks to give them on the other side of the ball that made Dallas's defense. I mean, look at the the, the Musgrave touchdown. I don't think there was a defender within 15 yards. And this yeah. is, you know, after the onslaught had happened, it was just a it was strange scene, and I think the coaching part of it is going to ultimately be what Jones feels is missing from this team right now.
0: All right. Talking with Eric at home from NFL Media. First year NFL starting quarterbacks Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud were great, and great's a word that I only use when I mean it, because I think it's overused (laughs) by many. Uh, What impressed you the most about Love and Stroud? Well, for Love, I mean, boy, he
1: was put on notice. uh, Like,
0: you know, weeks
1: Nine, ten. I mean, it was you know midway through the season when when Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, almost felt the need to I don't even want to say calm people down, but it even open the idea up of we have to see how Jordan finishes this season before we decide what direction we're going at quarterback. I mean, that's where things were. So there's a there's a sliver of me that's hesitant to throw all the flowers that Jordan loved, but watching him play the last you know the last half of the season, really since. Uh, about week ten or so, I mean it's been incredible. I mean he's just he's looked very Rogers esque and very far back and obviously we're sort of <laughs> used to a certain standard of of quarterbacking in Green Bay, but it's amazing how he's doing this, the sorts of things that they have they did for, you know, thirty five years or whatever it was, uh since Farf took over. And just you know, making it look like it's always looked. So Again, only half a season. We'll see how he does, but he's a California kid. He's going back to, to face the 49ers. You know, I, I I can't wait to see this game. Really the two hottest offenses, arguably, down the stretch with the Packers and the 49ers. So, this thing really sets up beautifully. With Stroud, you know, really you could say from week two on, he looked pretty special. And I watched that game in week one against the Ravens. He wasn't bad at all. He made some throws early that made you think, okay, this kid's going to hang in there all day long. He didn't have a great day throwing the football, but he didn't have a bad one. So, you know, I felt like that kind of game was more of the strad we would see in this first season. I thought he'd be good. I had him higher than than Bryce Young, but I didn't expect brilliance at times. And, you know, it's funny because it almost felt in retrospect like he was held back a little at Ohio State. Like they just wanted him to play within the system, we've got all these superstars, you know, get the ball in their hands, let them do the work instead of, you know, you have this Maserati, you may want to take it out on the highway every now and, then. <laughs> and the Texans have been more than happy to go on a few joy rides. So it's been, it's been a blast to watch.
0: Okay. Also on Saturday, the chiefs and the frigid cold eliminated the dolphins. Uh, is this enough to you know, think that the chiefs have flipped the switch, the playoff switch and uh, should Tua, be the Dolphins' long-term quarterback, and that's a question that Chris Greer, the GM, said yes to when he was asked on Monday.
1: Yeah, I think they're gonna they're gonna play this out. Let's go in reverse order. I think. I mean, there are three options, right? You either trade him, sign him to an extension, or you let him play out the fifth-year option, which I think up the top of my head is around 23 million. So it's you know it's a it's a fair number for for a, for a starting quarterback and. You know, it gives them a little bit more time to to decide. Is this the guy that that we want to embrace and build a build a a program around? You know, obviously early in the season, even up through points in December, I think you would say he was in the MVP race. You know, there was a lot of good things that came out of Tua and Tyreek Hill and Waddle and uh, David, Devin Devin achan and and Mostert. Um, once the injuries started setting in, it obviously crumbled the team from within, I think, especially on defense. But offensive line wasn't spared. You know, the, the the backfield went through some lumps as well. Tua started getting hit more late in the year. And then that one game, I think, raised a lot of questions for people about, look, if you're only built to to withstand your, your own comfy environments in Miami, and you're a team that hasn't shown the ability to beat better clubs, you know, I would say the Cowboys were... You know, on relatively even footing, it was a very close game in Miami. Came down to one possession. You know, Cowboys could have won it. So it's just there's such a, a problem right now with wondering whether two is the guy, or whether there's also another issue, and that's a roster problem and a roster, uh, just sort of how you built your team. Maybe great during the regular season. Maybe less effective in uh, going up against AFC heavyweights on the road.
0: Okay, next to last question. I only got a couple minutes here, so uh Mike Tomlin one year left in his contract. Uh would not talk about his future after the uh, Steelers loss at Buffalo. What should Tomlin and uh, what should the Tomlin and the Steelers do at this point?
1: Well, as I wrote in the power rankings this morning, I felt like watching that was sort of surreal actually. I mean, I was you know, we'd heard some reports that maybe Mike might walk away you know, talk to his family, see what happens after the season, take a one-year hiatus possibly. You know, we don't know. All options might be on the table. I feel like I shouldn't even have to say this, but he's earned enough credit to to walk away at his own, you know, behest, at his own decision, and and, mm-hmm. and it should be afforded that, that enough time to make that call without the Steelers, uh, you know, preemptively firing him or whatever. I mean, I – I guess I'd be stunned, that organization, especially the continuity they've shown since the 60s. You know, it's hard to hard to imagine them all of a sudden sort of switching gears and saying, yeah, you've been really successful for us, but we got to get rid of you because all of a sudden Mike Vrabel's a free agent. You know, I just – I mean, could it happen? Sure, absolutely. Um, but I don't think there's any question that he's at least considered the possibility of stepping aside for a season – the Steelers would retain his rights. They'd hire somebody else's coach, and then they'd probably trade him sometime next year. I, that's a, it's just a possibility. Again, I don't know whether that ends up happening, but I would, I would say there's, there's a chance it happens.
0: Okay, last up, and be as long and as short as you want here, uh, there are many coaching openings in the NFL. There might be a couple more with the Cowboys and the Eagles. What organization would be the best fit for Bill Belichick?
1: A tough call I mean I I thought Atlanta made some sense before he was even connected there I didn't know if they you know I mean obviously I just know Arthur Blank tried to get Joe Gibbs back in the day try you know try to get Bill Parcells to be his his football yeah. poncho I believe there's a relationship between Blank and, and Belichick I think it would <clears throat> make some sense but the one big worry would be the quarterback spot like what do you do there do you just bring in a Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever and and say be the caretaker of this offense because we have so much skill position talent Maybe. I think there's talent there. I really I watched a lot of Falcons football this year. For some reason, I ended up getting them a lot on Sunday assignments, and it was frustrating because you knew they could be better than they were. So that makes some sense. I mean, if Bill wants to just push all the chips in the middle and say, screw it, we're going for it, then Dallas is the spot. I mean, it just feels too obvious in some ways, and some people say, "Well, how could Jerry and Bill work together?" Look, I at this stage of both of their careers, I think they'll put up with some some guff from from either side to you know to sell out, so to speak, to make sure they get one more ring yeah. in, in the bank. So I don't know. I, I I think Atlanta's the quote unquote safe choice, if you will, and Dallas is more of the uh,
0: pie in the sky uh, opportunity. Jerry worked with Parcells. He gave Parcells a I shot, did. so. You know, we'll see how I mean, this goes. It,
1: and, it, and he gave him control for a while. I don't know if that would happen yeah, exactly. in, in, in
0: this situation. I mean, Will McClay, yeah. their
1: they're de facto GM, sticking around. So I don't know. It's fascinating. It
0: is. Eric, good stuff as always. We'll be catching up soon. Thanks. All right. See ya. Eric at home, NFL media. He's got other responsibilities. He's got to get off to those. So uh, thanks for uh, joining us there for. 15 minutes or so, which was a lot. So thank thanks much to Eric and a lot going on, needless to say, in the NFL. And that's not going to change any time in the next uh, few days, few weeks, few months, few years. All right, next segment, phone call time if you want to get aboard. we got some extra time in the next segment if you want to jump aboard, 602-260-1060. Also get to some bottom line from the pipeline questions for today. And time pending, depending on uh, the uh, phone call volume, we'll have some uh, – uh, uh, local roundup items uh, including a uh, little bit about the U of A coaching situation that'll be probably the least of the things that you know, the Suns played and they play again the Suns played Monday night they play again tonight uh, against the Kings and what uh, should be an interesting game because the Kings are always a fun team to watch I'm not sure what I think of the Kings but they're a fun team to watch but if you want to get in, 602 260 1060. You listen to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KISS Lux HD2 100.7. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLux HD2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup phone call time, if you want to jump aboard the KDUS hotline, 602 260 1060, you'll get your phone calls in just a couple of seconds. First up, some bottom line answers from today's pipeline. We start with the KDUS poll question at kdus1060.com. Today's question is Should the Cowboys move on from Mike McCarthy? The bottom line I don't think they should move on from Mike McCarthy. This is a Jerry Jones issue. And on, on Sunday, it was the Dan Quinn defense that was the biggest issue. Quinn at last report scheduled an interview for at least four NFL head coaching openings. Why did Quinn play strictly man defense on Sunday after going pretty much zone defense for the entire regular season? I was confused about that. Sunday was uh, really the first bad playoff loss under McCarthy, in my opinion. The losses the last two seasons to the Niners. The Cowboys lost to the better team. Actually, I picked against the Cowboys in those two games against the Niners in each of the last two seasons. Meanwhile, today's ex-Twitter poll question, uh, should the AFC top seed uh, Ravens be concerned about the second seeded, the hot second seeded uh, Ravens? Uh, the bottom line here is the Ravens should be concerned. But I'm not completely buying the Bills until they eliminate the Chiefs, unless they let's put it this way, unless they eliminate the Chiefs on Sunday, then if that happens, they might have my attention. Meanwhile, should the Suns add a point guard before the trade deadline? The bottom line: the Suns, as I've said since last July, need a true point guard. Devin Booker and Bradley Beals are Bradley Beal are not true point guards. The Suns need somebody to at least occasionally. Uh, take care of their disjointed half-court offense for at least a few minutes per game. Meanwhile, the University of Arizona football program does the return to being a non-factor after the departure of Jed Fish and the uh, replacement this morning and the hiring of uh, Brent Brennan, uh, the San Jose State coach in most recent years. Uh, I'll have a little more on the the football program soon, but uh, I'll get to that after we get to at least one call here. Well, when do I get to the local roundup? All right, that's the bottom line quickly for today. On to the phone lines. And Chuck and Sun City, what's going on?
1: Hey, good morning, Bob. I've been waiting for somebody to bring this up, but as long as we're throwing dirt on uh, McCarthy, I'm uh, sure you'll remember this, is uh, the Magic team worked in the 2015, excuse me, 2014 NFC Championship when they uh, blew a uh, 12-point lead with three and a half minutes to go.
0: That game against Seattle, is that the Seattle game that was the onside kick game and all the weird stuff happened at the end of that game, right?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 100%. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I didn't really think at the time that was a McCarthy problem. I didn't even think Saturday was a McCarthy problem, except for the fact that they seemed uh, you know, jumpy. What's There's a better word for that. Tense. Uh, not. You know, I wouldn't say that. They, I think they were prepared. I just uh, I think they've got too many guys, including, unfortunately, Dak, who are not up for the big moment. And we've seen that with Dak now three straight years in the playoffs. Okay. Okay, thanks a lot. I'm, okay, that's it. All right. All right, good, no problem. If you want to get in, we got time for you. 602-260-1060. Uh, local roundup time. The Suns easily beat the bad Blazers. The, bla- the Blazers are bad no matter what, but they were even worse on Monday. The Suns were favored by 11. The Suns won by 11, 127 to 116. The Blazers are 21 and 29 in the season. They're 14th in the 15 team Western Conference. But on Monday, they were even worse than that. They had five rotation players out of their top nine guys that were not playing because of injuries and illness, including DeAndre Ayton, out with a right knee injury, Malcolm Brogdon, shoulder, uh, excuse me, an abductor injury, and also uh, Jeremy Grant was out because of illness. Statistically speaking, the Suns scored 31, 40, and 35 points the first three quarters of that game, and they were really never in danger of losing. Uh, the Suns led by Devin Booker's 34 points. The uh, the 11-point uh, margin was nearly not that close. The the Blazers made 20 of 42 three-point field goal attempts in that game, 48%. That gave them the chance to, to look at least scoreboard-wise, look like it was a close game. No point in that game to think the Suns were going to lose, however. Up next tonight the 21 and 18 Suns host the 23 and 16 Kings. The Suns not good against Pacific Division teams so far, 4 and 7. The Kings are 5 and 4 against opponents from the Pacific Division. It's the third time that they've played this year. The, uh, the Kings won the last meeting 120 to 105. That meeting was on December the 23rd. The Suns had no chance as they've done in many games this year of playing any defense or stopping the opponent. The Suns, however, in their last 10 games are 7-3. and three. They've averaged 118.9 points per game in those 10 games and shot 52% from the field. Their opponents in the last 10 games are averaging 6 points less, uh, so they've play you know, played a little defense in the, most of those games. They've also played a couple of inapt offensive opponents, but that's you know, neither here or there. I guess it is kind of here uh, to some extent. Meanwhile, the Kings in the last uh, 10 games, 6-4, and four, they've averaged 120 and allowed 117 points per game over that stretch. All right, plenty of news from Tucson. Jed Fish has gone, uh, reportedly taking his offensive staff with him and headed to the University of Washington to be the head coach really can't blame him uh considering everything going on in tucson especially with the university and the finances or lack thereof in the uh in the school budget these days and uh the u of a did replace him this morning reportedly uh not official i guess he hasn't had a press conference yet with brett brennan who was most recently the coach at san Jose state there were many people in tucson that wanted brennan to be the coach uh uh, to replace Kevin Sumlin three years ago when Fish got the gig. So now it is Brennan time. The U of A, course, finished 10-3 and three last season. But the bottom line is last year's U of A success likely a mirage. If you just go historically, it is likely a mirage. Here are the facts. Uh, including the 2023 season, which was a wild success, obviously, the U of A has finished below 500 in, in Pac-12 play. Are in conference play since they're now moving to the Big 12 after this year. They finished below 520 of their last 25 seasons. U of a, here's breaking news, it's a basketball school. Speaking of basketball, the U of A basketball team starting to resemble the first two Tommy Lloyd teams that did not improve during the regular season. And uh, on Saturday, they were out hustled. Uh, lost almost all the 50-50 balls and were very suspect defensively as they lost 73-70 at Washington State. The U of A an 8.5-point favorite, lost to Washington State the second time that uh, Kyle Smith's team has out-toughed the U of A in in basically 12 months. They beat them last January in Tucson. On uh, this past Saturday, they beat them in Pullman. The U of A had two long stretches in which it couldn't make a shot. The U of a ended the first half missing 18 of their last 22 shots. They began the second half missing 12 of their last 14 shots. For those of you not keeping score, uh, my little stats here, that means they had a combined stretch at the end of the first half and start of the second half where they missed 30 of 36 shots. That's almost impossible. The fact that it was only a three-point game is amazing. And that's because the U of a did go on a 19-7 run. To take a 57-55 lead, but then they got outplayed badly in the final five minutes of the game. Uh, meanwhile, it was cold outside. It was minus five in Pullman. I'm sure that would have been fun. And uh, uh, the U of A starters, uh, some of them were cold inside. Starting point guard Kylan Boswell, a total no-show. Zero of five from the field. Zero out of two from 2 point, uh, from three-point range. This both is free throws. Had no assist and one turnover in 25 minutes. That's your point guard. Meanwhile, Pella, Lar- uh, Pella Larson had 19, uh, nine points Excuse me, on four out of ten from the field. He was one for four from behind the arc. And Larson was absolutely awful at the defensive end of the floor. They attacked him, Washington State. Whatever he was trying to guard, they went after him specifically. Meanwhile, Keshad Johnson, just seven points on three out of eight from the field. Had zero free throw attempts in 24 minutes. He's usually an aggressive player. Caleb, Caleb Love was about the only reason the UVA had a chance to win the game. In fact, he really was the only reason. 28 points, eight rebounds, and three assists for the UNC transfer. Up next for the UVA basketball team, they host injury depleted USC on Wednesday night. Uh, USC uh, lost their top uh, you know, projected. Top five NBA draft pick, Isaiah Collins, is out because of a possible season-ending injury. Um, he's supposedly out from like four to six weeks, but there are plenty of people who believe that with USC season, not good, and they're going downhill fast, that he'll just uh, basically bag the season and not uh, get ready for the NBA draft. So that's Wednesday, and then obviously on Wednesday also uh, ASU host UCLA ASU did not play over the weekend after they lost last week at Washington on Thursday night or maybe Wednesday night last week sometime. All right, coming up next, we'll have news update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's spectacular one hour radio program. We'll have the national roundup. That'll be topped by the NFL divisional playoff round uh, point spreads and totals for the uh, Saturday and Sunday games upcoming. Time pending, we'll get to some rip from the headlines and from the wire, a combination of those two things. You're the sports up with Bob Kemp on kdu AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD2 100.7. Welcome back. Final segment today. Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLX HD2. 100.7 is thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also our guest today, NFL Super Wild Card Round Analysis and a little Bill Belichick future discussion or possible future discussion with Eric Edholm from NFL Media. Uh, at 9.15 tomorrow, that'd be Wednesday, we will preview the Chiefs and Bills division playoff round game with Matt Derrick, who has joined us for many years now. We're talking to Chiefs, whether it be the regular season or in the postseason, so Matt's scheduled to join us tomorrow at 10.15. Uh, Sound of day, courtesy of Fox, CBS, NBC, Peacock, ESPN, and also Bally Sports Southeast. Also, special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. All right, on to the national roundup we go. Let's start with the latest line for the NFL playoff games upcoming this weekend, the divisional playoff round, the best you know, Saturday Sunday in the NFL every year. Not quite every year, but pretty much every year. And let's go with these numbers here. Uh, the uh, Baltimore Ravens in the first game on Saturday hosting Houston. And the Ravens opened uh, nine and a half. Still, actually, it opened ten at some places. Down to nine and a half. Currently, the consensus in Nevada is sitting at nine and a half. Total was forty-six or forty-five. Excuse me, and uh, forty-five and a half. Forty-six is even a couple of places right now in uh, in Las Vegas, at least. Second game on Sunday. At San Francisco is the number one seeds. both play on Saturday, which makes sense because it helps you, you, know, you whatever. it's the number one seed. They get, you know, get they've rested for a week and they get the extra day of rest for the next uh, for the conference championship games, assuming they win this week, but it's uh, San Francisco hosting Green Bay. And uh, the uh, 49ers uh, at home open the nine and a half point favorite and pretty much 10 everywhere. Uh, at least in the state of Nevada right now, the total opened at 50. There's some 50 and a halves out there, quite a few, quite frankly. Uh, the consensus is now up to The consensus now is now up to 50 and a half as far as the total in that game. So Sunday, first game on Sunday is Tampa Bay at Detroit, and Detroit playing a second home game in the postseason after their first home game in a hundred years and their first playoff win in like hundred and one years. Uh, Detroit opened five-and-a-half, up to six. There are a couple of six-and-a-halves in, uh, in Las Vegas right now, in fact, in that game. Total opened at 48 and a half, and uh, pretty much 48 and a half everywhere. A couple of 48s in uh, at least a couple of uh, big places in Nevada that would take a big volume and high, you know, high wagers or high, you know, high limits, I should say, including the Westgate. Uh, but uh, 48 and a half is the prevailing number right now. Then the second game on Sunday is Kansas City at Buffalo, Uh, and uh, this can I don't think this is right. It says opening number of pick. I don't think that's true, Uh, but it's up to two and a half now. uh, With the Bills a home favorite, the Kansas City and Buffalo, some classic playoff matchups in recent years. They've all been in Kansas City. This one's in Buffalo. Uh, total in this game is uh, 46 and a half. Let's go 46 as far as the consensus total. We'll continue to update these games throughout the week in many ways. In fact, on at 1015 uh, on Friday in the sports zone, uh, we will uh, have our, uh, you know we'll preview all these games and have our uh, the NFL uh, the best week in the NFL season, in my opinion, and uh, Bob Globber. Uh, Hall of Fame writer, uh, formerly for New York Newsday, and still does some work for Newsday and other people. And he has a new book out, uh, NFL-related. And uh, we'll have Bob on for his annual appearance as we brag about how smart we are and that this is the best division and division rounds, the best week of the NFL playoffs. And back in our uh, you know sporting news radio, one-on-one sports radio days and my syndicated days, uh, Bob was our regular NFL guy. And uh, we both agree that this is the best weekend of the year, the one upcoming most years. Not every year, but most years. Uh, All right. From the headlines, rip from the the headlines and from the wire, a quick combo of things before we get out of here. Jim Harbaugh uh, was scheduled to meet on Monday with the Chargers. I assume he did. But there's also reports that the University of Michigan is trying to assign the uh, national championship coach to a contract extension. Also... The Harbaugh, the NFL rumors escalated on Sunday when JJ McCarthy, Blake Corm, and Roman Wilson all literally within minutes announced that they were entering the NFL draft. Mike Tomlin, we mentioned, uh, may not return to the Steelers. We'll see how that goes. We talked about that with Eric Edholm in the uh, earlier in this hour. Uh, the Eagles, uh, you, know, you, know, uh, you know, Jason Kelsey uh, actually uh, retired. Well. He didn't meet the media afterwards, but his, he told his teammates reportedly that he's retiring, that Monday's loss at Tampa was his last game of the season. If he wants, Kelsey will be part of a television media uh, team uh, coming to your city at some point in the next uh, few months here. He wants to. I'm sure he'll go right into TV if he wants to do that. Meanwhile, one broadcast observation: Todd Blackledge, primary college, primarily a college football television game analyst for several seasons now, he was tremendous during the NBC Texas, and Browns uh, Texans Browns broadcast over the weekend. Uh, hopefully, I'd rather see him do the NFL job uh, than the college job. Uh, he was tremendous, and you know, for the, considering he didn't cover the NFL. Uh, very much during the year, uh, his, 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 the research that he did for that game was enormous. He was tremendous. All right, that's it for today. That's it for our local morning program for today. We'll return on Wednesday with three hours of programming that will include the Sports Zone from 10 to 11, the Extra Point hosted by Kayla from 11 to 1 p.m. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp, the Tuesday edition. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.